Blog Talk Radio.
Gates to open up. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. 
Jahash, your name, mighty Lord. Oh, mighty God, mighty Jesus, allow me to bring your word tonight. Your revelation, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask you to minister to your bride, your people tonight, Lord, according to the need. Let your presence, let your anointing minister to the life tonight in Jesus' name. Mighty Lord, mighty God, no matter what they're going through, Lord, I ask you that you minister to them, Lord Jesus, that you take a worry or concern away, or fear of the enemy away in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jehoshua's name. Lord, that they may walk under your fear, not the fear of the devil in Jesus' name. Almighty God, almighty Jesus, almighty Yeshua, I thank you, Lord, tonight. I thank you, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised, oh, Lord. You are worthy to be worshipped, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your presence tonight. I thank you for your anointing, Lord. Lord, as we move forward tonight, I ask that your presence and your anointing become stronger and stronger, and I will break every joke of the enemy, every mind, every life will be set free. If anyone is sick, will be healed under your power, under your presence. And in Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, almighty Lord, mighty God, you are a good God. You are a great God. You are awesome God. No one is like you, the Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Mighty Lord, work on this internet, Lord, that I may keep working tonight. In Jesus' name, mighty Lord, that the internet will keep working, Lord Jesus. Praise you, God, that everyone, Lord, Lord Jesus, may hear the program tonight and be ministered by you, Lord, according to the need, mighty Lord, mighty God. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, O oh God. I thank you, Lord, O oh God Almighty. Oh, the Lord, God, who is, who is, hallelujah, who is to come. Hallelujah, the Almighty. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Let your presence and anointing fill every life, listening, every home, Lord Jesus. Mighty Lord, in every nation, let every nation feel your presence, your anointing tonight. Holy Spirit, my friend, I ask you to come. And I ask you to minister every life listening, Lord. Lord, anyone in strength, I ask you for your strength, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask you to touch, touch every life listening, every listener tonight. I ask you to touch them. I ask you to minister to them, Lord. I ask that your presence, Lord, be upon their life. In Jesus' name, upon your bright life tonight. In Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for your love and mercy that endure forever. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, Sunday night we had such an anointing service. Praise you, Lord. The presence of the Lord was so awesome. Praise you, Lord, as people have said, who have listened to the program on Sunday night. Hallelujah. Sunday night after the program, brothers and sisters, the presence to continue to be in my house, that anointed presence of the Lord. All night long, I could not sleep. I would, I would question him, why can I not sleep? I know I, I needed to go to, uh, to go to prayer, and I actually went to prayer. And as I was praying with the Lord, that presence was still in my bedroom. Praise the Lord, that anointing, that presence would not leave. And it's because God wanted to show me heaven one more time. And I thank him for that. I asked Jesus 
if I if I could if I could be taken to heaven again, he said yes to me. Praise the Lord. I asked him to take me to heaven again. Praise the Lord. Not that if I could, because God can do anything. So the Lord, hallelujah, answered yes. In that precious nine, I was taking again to heaven, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, uh, I had a I had a, a, a blue shirt that I was sleeping, that I was in bed with when I went to sleep. And the reason I want to say this, because I, I want to tell you the amazing things that happened to me. Praise you, Lord. I had a blue shirt, and I had some sweatpants on me when I went to bed this way. And I tell you this, praise you, Lord, because when I was taken to heaven, Praise you, Lord. And I was in heaven. I was still wearing the same clothing that I went to sleep with. This is the first time this happens to me, brothers and sisters, in the presence of God. Taking this weight, I'm not going to tell you it's the first time that I'm taking up in my body, I would say. But I was taking with the same clothing I had. I was walking in heaven. Praise you, Lord. I was walking to the wedding preparation, to the wedding supper of the Lamb of God, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. It is, is the marriage supper of the Lamb biblical? Well, Revelation 19, verse 1 says, And after these things, says John, the apostle, I heard a great voice of multitude of people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Praise the Lord. For true and righteous of his judgment, he had judged the great whore who had corrupted the earth with her fornication and had avenged the blood of his servant on her hand. And again, they said, Hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. Praise you, Lord. That great whore will be judged according to the word of God. And the four and twenty elders and the four living beings fell down and worshiped God, who sat on the throne, saying, Amen, hallelujah. Verse 5, and the boys came out of the throne, saying, Praise, praise of God, all ye servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Praise the Lord. And I heard, as it were, the voice of great multitude. The voice of many waters, the voice of Almighty, thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reign. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife or bride has made herself ready. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Verse 8 says, unto her was granted that she would be arranged in fine linen, clean and white. For, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, says John, right, blessed are they that are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb unto me. These are the true saying of God. This come from God. This is, hallelujah. So blessed are they that I call unto the Mary Supper of the Lamb. You and I are blessed, brothers and sisters. 
that are called unto this great celebration. That is, it is praise the Lord I have, as I, I sing in this revelation, brothers and sisters. My goodness, praise the Lord. I don't want to forget anything in the Bible before I speak because I want you to compare to what the Word of God says to what I'm going to share. Praise the Lord. Matthew 25, again. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be like unto a ten virgins who took their lamb and went forward to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamb and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil and their vessel with their lamb. While the bridegroom tarry or delay, they all slumber and slept. And after midnight, there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Praise the Lord. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamb. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. For our lambs are gone out. Praise you, Lord. They're gone already. But the wise answer say, Not so. Let it be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell the gospel of buying and sell. And the, and the buying for yourself. Hallelujah. The buying and selling gospel. That's the buying. We see that on TV every day. Buying and selling gospel. It's all about money. Money, money, money. Verse 10. And while, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, in this mighty revelation of the Lord, praise the Lord, I found myself in heaven again, walking with the same clothing that I went to sleep with. Praise the Lord. And as I was walking in heaven to the wedding celebration, there were people I could see from every part of the heaven, that great planet, coming to the wedding celebration. And some of the people uh, began, uh, were walking with me. I noticed some were walking and others were joining the walk as we, as we were heading to the wedding celebration. Praise the Lord. I don't know how. The only thing I know is that I knew that if I would keep walking in that pathway toward my right, I would guide there. No one told me how to get there, brothers and sisters. But I, somehow I knew in my spirit that I was going the right way, praise the Lord, and that I was heading to the wedding celebration, and it was all the talk, praise the Lord, about this wedding. Praise the Lord. But one surprise to the people that were heading to the wedding celebration was everyone had a garment. Everyone was dressed for the wedding. I wasn't. I was exactly with the same clothing that I went to sleep. And it caused the attention of the people working with me because they wonder of this thing. Why, if I was heading to the wedding, why did I, I have a, a, a garment? Why was I dressed for the occasion? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. 
And I told the people, don't worry, I'll catch up with you later. Later, I can always go into my house. I can always go and change my garment. I said, that's not a problem. Praise the Lord. I knew exactly where I could go and change my garment and be ready for the wedding. But I was putting it off for later. For some reason, I was. Praise the Lord. And as I'm heading there, I see an entering door on my right. Everybody kept walking, and I told the people, you can go ahead and keep walking. I'll catch up with you there. But I'm going to enter this door. And as I enter that door, praise you, Lord, in that great room that I enter, seems like a very familiar home. Uh, 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 it looks like it was a house prepared for a family, and I knew somehow that I was part of that family. And in, and in the room, to the to the right of the room, it was so funny because in heaven I could remember that always to the right is Jesus. Praise you, Lord. He's always at the right hand of the Father. He's always to the right. Everything about him is to the right. He saw his disciples throw your net to the right. Praise you, Lord. And I even laugh when I when I remember that. Praise you, Lord. And I the I could see Jesus, but he looked like an elder man. All his hair was white. He had a white beard, long beard. Praise you, Lord. Very clean. Older, elder. Just like John saw him in the book of Revelation. Praise you, Lord. And when I looked at him, he sounds he looked so familiar. But he was he looking this way. Praise you, Lord. And the house was full of dogs. Praise you, God. Many Christians have been asking me whether the dogs are going to be raptured. Praise you, Lord. They have said to me, even a few days ago, Brother Elvie, are, are animals going to be raptured? I get a lot of messages about people concerned about their animals. They want to know whether the animals are going to be raptured. Praise the Lord. And brothers and sisters, the whole room was full of dogs. And the one taking care of the dogs, all these animals, was the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. He was watching over these animals. But it was so, to him, it was so important that each of these animals was taken care of. He himself was taking care of these animals. Praise the Lord. And he said, are you, are you going to the celebration? To the wedding celebration, I said, yes, I will, I, I will catch up with the rest of the people. And he says to me, when are you going and, and, and dress up? And I said, yes, I will do later. Praise you, Lord. I do would like to go see the guests, but I will, I, will, I will go dress up later. I'm still putting it off. Praise the Lord. And he began to talk to me. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And I wonder if he was going to also to the celebration. I know it's a celebration. Praise the Lord. But he told me that he was taking care of his bride, his people that were coming in last into the wedding celebration, animals. Praise the Lord. Like a prophetic word. He was giving me a prophetic word. He is taking care of. Everyone's animal that is coming into the celebration. 
Praise the Lord. He wanted me to know this. He told me. And I also saw him doing it, taking care of these animals. Praise the Lord. When I closely look into the animal, all the animals seem familiar to me. They look very familiar. Praise the Lord. One of the dogs that caught my attention was the dog of my friend, uh, David. His name, his dog is Jogi. I saw Jesus. I saw Jogi standing next to Jesus, and I saw Jesus taking care of Jogi. Praise the Lord. As the Lord has said to my brother David Anderson, that he is taking care of his dog, and he's always going to be his dog. I hope you're listening. Praise the Lord, because I know this word is going to bless him tonight. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. The Lord is taking care of his animal. And as he has told his people that those dogs, if they belong to you, they are his also. And he will take care of them. Things you love, God is going to take care of them. Didn't he take care of the animal? When he told Noah to prepare a night for him and his family, where eight of them were saved, hallelujah, for hundreds of animals besides human beings were saved. There were more animals in the ark than human beings, brothers and sisters. In the ark, there was only eight people saved. But there were hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds of pair of animals that God ordered Noah and his family for them to bring into the ark because God was said to Noah that he was going to destroy the earth with everything in it. Praise the Lord. And when he spoke about destroying the earth, he also spoke about destroying everything in it. That, that included the animal. Praise the Lord. So God told Noah, to take a pair out of each animal, praise the Lord, and to bring into the ark. He had planned, praise the Lord, to destroy the earth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Says God to Noah. Praise the Lord in Genesis 7, 2. And every clean beast that thou should take to these by seven, the male and female, and the beast that are not clean by two, and the male of his female, and the four also of the air by seven, the male and the female, to keep the seed alive upon the face of the earth for yet seven days. And I will cause it to rain upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And every living substance, that I have made, I will destroy from the face of the earth, and Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. God gave Noah commandments, command the commandments that the animal will be saved, brothers and sisters. Why will God take home the bride and leave the animal they love? That made no sense. That doesn't seem like God. In the history of his word, he saved also the animal. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. 
In verse 9, he And they went two by two unto the ark, unto Noah, unto the ark, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass at the seventh day that the water of the flood was upon the earth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He made sure. He made sure, verse 14, the day that every beast after his kind and all the cattle after their kind and every creeping things that creepeth upon the earth after his kind and every foe after his kind and every every bird after after a sword. And they went into Noah into the ark two by two of all flesh and a breath of life. Hallelujah. Where is breath of life in it? Praise the Lord. Where is life? And they went in. When in favor and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shall him end. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. And end of all things is coming. Listen careful. One thing the Lord has reminded me is to tell his people to pray for their family and themselves. We are so in the finale. We are at the end. We are at the final chapter before a new chapter of great tribulation begins, brothers and sisters. In the same chapter, at Matthew 24, I want to say this, you got where Jesus take home the bride of Christ. And then in the same chapter, the tribulation begins. A lot of people have said it's the same. No, it's not. Praise the Lord. The word end in Matthew 24, if you study Matthew 24 carefully, Jesus mentioned, hallelujah, the word end twice in verse 13. Hallelujah. And in verse 13, you know this is in relationship to the rapture. Hallelujah. Verse 13 says, by, by he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. That's righteous. Okay, that's righteous. Praise the Lord. Endure till the end shall be saved. That's enduring. That's having enough order to be righteous. Verse 13, 14. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world for a witness unto all the nation. Then shall the end come. There's again the word, the end. Praise you, Lord. Two words for the end is being used. Final, 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 and the witness of two, according to the law. According to the law, verse 13 and verse 14, it's an end. Praise the Lord, because the witness of two is being repeated twice. Brothers and sisters, verse 15 is what the tribulation begins. When Jesus shall see the abomination and desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, sending in the Holy Spirit, who read and let him understand, that is tribulation. That is tribulation, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. And then verse 16, let them that be in Judea flee unto the mountain. This is when the nation are attacking Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. Very clear. It tells you Judea. Hallelujah. I know there are towns called Judea in the United States and in Germany and other places, but there's only one Judea, and it's the one near Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. Judea and Israel. And this is the one Jesus is referring to. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
praise to God. And again, another identity, another day given to the Jewish people, the Sabbath, verse 20, but praise you that your flight not be in the wind, neither on the Sabbath day. Where Sabbath is used. We know that till this day, the Jewish people keep the Sabbath. Praise the Lord. Other nations should, but other nations don't. Thank you, Lord. For there should be great tribulation, verse 21. Still in the same, in the same relationship of the same chapter, after 15, he is related to the tribulation after the rapture. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. And it talks about the desert. Go to the desert, verse 26. Praise the Lord. And then look what it says. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of the saints, shall the sun be turning and darkness, the moon should not give her light, after the, and, and the stars shall fall from the heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. This is a revelation on his own. This is the demon being thrown down from the heavenly places. When the worst of the tribulation, when they are about to be thrown in the pit of hell, they first are thrown from the heavenly places onto the earth, then they're thrown, they're locked up with Satan. Verse 30. Then shall appear a sign of the Son of Man in heaven. There you go. Jesus ends the tribulation. He is the beginning. He is the end. He ends the tribulation. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the cloud of heaven with power and with great glory. In the same chapter of Matthew 24, you got the rapture, you got the tribulation, and you got the end of the tribulation, Jesus coming back. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Now, I, as I walk and I was talking to the Lord in that, in that room, and I saw Jesus taking care of the animal, uh, my, my sister Colleen also has around six dogs, and I saw one of her dogs there. I believe I only saw her dog in a picture. In a picture she put on, on, on Facebook, I'm not seeing this dog in person. And the dog was moving her tail looking at me. Also, when I look at Jogi, I know Jogi. I've seen him a few times already. And, and, and the, the first time I saw Jogi, I looked straight into his eye. This dog sat down like a person, looked to me straight into my eyes. And it was like he was talking to me. Praise the Lord. And I told my brother David, this dog is special. I don't know if he, if he knew what I was saying. I don't know if he understood what I was saying. But I told him, just by the dog looking at me and me looking at him, praise the Lord. It was like the dog was speaking to me directly into my eyes, brothers and sisters. And I was impressed because we were, we were praying that night, and the presence of the Lord was so powerful upon David and I and the dog in the whole place, and the dog was enjoying the Lord's presence. And that, to me, was, meant a lot. An animal that enjoyed Jesus' presence, there's not a lot of animals that enjoy God's presence down here. Down here. In heaven, they do. They love the Lord. But down here, brothers and sisters, and that dog loves the Lord. He loves his presence. Praise you, Lord. And to me, that was, I was amazed. I was amazed. I never seen this happen before. Praise the Lord. I remember I used to pray for my cat, and when the anointing of the Lord came on them, my cat used to love it. And then the Lord showed me my cat in heaven after they were killed. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. But these dogs were, were in heaven, taken care by Jesus. Now, what transpired after that 
or transpire after that is what I want to talk about. I came out of the room, and I head again to my right, to the wedding celebration. And as I walked to the wedding celebration, I noticed, praise the Lord, that when I, for me to enter into the wedding celebration, there was a door. And the door was more than halfway closed. For me to get through the door, I, I, it was very uncomfortable for me to get through the door of the wedding. Praise the Lord. Praise because the Lord was, the door was, I knew that the door, and I could see with my own eyes, the door was more than halfway shut, closed, brothers and sisters. But I can still get, go through the, through the, through the crack or through the way to go in. And so when I went in, the, immediately I noticed all the table for the wedding celebration and all the cups and, and, and plates and, 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 and everything, brothers and sisters, was in place. All these people were sitting down in this wedding celebration. And to me, I looked at this young lady, and she looked to me like, shoot Thomas, praise the Lord. And she waved at me, and I'm like, is she shoot? Praise the Lord. Praise God. And I noticed all these people. But what she had on her was a dress for the celebration. And her dress was, was completely adorned by diamonds. The entire dress from the top all the way down was adorned with diamonds. But it was, it was, so, it was adorned so beautiful that the dress alone caught my attention, brothers and sisters, because the dress was adorned with diamonds. And I'm looking at the dress of the diamond and at the sister, praise the Lord, and she was smiling, and her teeth looked white, very beautiful. Praise the Lord, very young. And, and, but the dress was incredibly beautiful. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. And as I looked at all the people sitting, as far as I could see with my eyes, that was the multitude of people for the wedding. It was, and I know that most all the table, brothers and sisters, was taken. I believe there was one that I saw that the chair was still ready, but it was ready for me and the rest that are coming behind. Praise you, Lord. Praise to God. And, and, and the, the tables have like flower, uh, setting a flower, very beautiful. Uh, with the flower word, word all these, all these uh, beauty things, all these beautiful things, all these adorned with like golden vessels and, and things. Praise your Lord. And brothers and sisters, everything looks so beautiful. My goodness. Praise your God. I wanted to see Jesus. In his wedding garment and all that, but I, I was not allowed to see him this way. Some other time I, I was allowed to see him this way, but not this time. Praise the Lord, because it was more to tell the people that the door is going to be shut, brothers and sisters. Look what happened in North time. They went in, Genesis 7, 6, 16, they went in, went in male and female of all flesh as God commanded. Him and the Lord shut him. The Lord shut the door, brothers and sisters. The door is going to be shut. The door is going to be shut. We need to prepare. We need to make ready. Now, what the Lord told me was that the last to enter was us. When the trumpet sound, 
we are the last to enter into the wedding celebration. And also remember that Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep, John 10, brothers and sisters. He is the door. Praise you, God. But Father God has told us in his word that he is going to shut that door very soon. In Matthew 25, oh, I thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 25, in the parable that we read earlier, praise God. Verse 10 says, and while they went to buy, the foolish one, they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. So twice in the Bible, we find, besides uh, 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 Revelation, that he's the one that opened the door and closes the door. Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. He's the one that opened and closed. Praise God. When he opened, no one can close. And when he closed, no one can open. Praise God. That the door was shut. The door for the wedding. Clearly, we have Matthew 25, 10. It's, go, it's already being shut. We are so close to the wedding celebration. I could see all the guests at the table already, praise the Lord, ready to be served. But there are a few thousands or hundreds of thousands that are still missing, and that is you and I, that needs to go into that wedding celebration, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. That's why at the midnight hour, verse 6 says, at the midnight hour there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. You have to do your part. You have to seek the Lord yourself. You have to meet him in prayer. You have to meet him in fasting. You have to seek the Lord, brothers and sisters. You need to go out to meet the Lord out of your way, out of your comfort zone. Out of your comfort zone. You need to go out and meet the Lord, brothers and sisters. The Lord, the Lord wants to be pursued. He wants you to pursue him in prayer and fasting. Get out of your comfort zone and pursue the Lord, brothers and sisters. Stop being so comfortable that you don't have time to pray. Stop being so comfortable that you don't have time to fast, brothers and sisters. It is not easy what the Lord had asked me to pray overnight. It is not easy, but it has been possible because the Lord helped me. The Lord can do the same with you. Seek the Lord of all time. Don't give them the excuses that I used to give them. Lord, I'm too tired. I have to go to work in, in, hallelujah, I have to go to work. I have to support my family. I have to pay bills. I have to pay bills, Lord. I, gave, I used to give the Lord so much excuses, and the Lord told me, stop giving me excuses. Do what I'm telling you to do. Be obedient, my son. He said, be obedient. Praise the Lord. I'm so finally said, right, Lord. Help me to be obedient. Help me to do what you're calling me to do. And it was so hard in the beginning, but the Lord gave me the strength. And now it is much easier with his help because I have learned to totally trust in him. Praise the Lord. And he gives me the strength. Praise the Lord. But we need to stop complaining and making up excuses. Because if you seek the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your understanding, the Lord will give you the strength you need to serve him. And to do everything else. You seek the kingdom of heaven first. And he will add every other thing unto your life. 
every other things you need. You know you need to pay bills and support your family. Praise the Lord. Be there for your family. The Lord will help you. If you seek the kingdom of heaven first, he will add unto your life every other thing that you need. Praise the Lord. He wants to, but he wants us to depend on him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Isaiah 61 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with garment of salvation. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decked himself, wear ornaments. As a bride adorned herself with her jewel. That talks about obedience, gift of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. It talks about you coming close with the Lord and the Lord adorning you, making you beautiful as a bride. The Revelation 19 says the bride has made herself ready. It is for us to make ourselves ready. It is for us to pray. It is for us to repent daily. It is for us to seek the Lord daily. Those are the things the Lord wants us to do, brothers and sisters. Those are the things he wants us to do, and he will help us to do it. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 62, 5, Sarah, for as a young man marry a virgin, so shall thy son marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. Praise the Lord. God rejoices, brothers and sisters, over us. When we are obedient, God rejoices when we are obedient. That's why he's calling us to obedience, because it gives him joy. It gives him joy, brothers and sisters. When you and I are obedient, it gives God joy. He wants to rejoice in us, brothers and sisters. He wants our life Praise God to give to give it joy. He wants to rejoice in us. But it's up to us to seek him, to pray, to seek more of his oil, more of his spirit. Praise the Lord. The Lord told me and showed me that as people come to this program, he's going to fill the land with oil. And a lot of people know that nothing happening. Praise the Lord. He's been filling people with his oil. His anointing has been in this program available to fill his people's life with oil. Praise the Lord. As people listen and as people repent of their sin, as a disobedient, God has been filling their life with oil. Praise the Lord. The lamb with oil. You open your heart to Jesus, brothers and sisters. He is going to fill your lamb with oil. Right now, I raise my hands for you that are listening, that is receiving this message, that is receiving this word, and I pray that your land will be filled with oil right now, that the Holy Spirit of God will begin to fill your heart, to fill your life with new oil. In Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, I raise my hands for you to your home, to your life, to your family, that it will be filled with oil. In Jesus' name, receive the oil from heaven. Receive the oil from the throne. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. In Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, I can feel the oil flowing now. I can feel the oil flowing from the throne. In Jesus' name, receive oil. 
receive oil, receive oil, let your lamps and I be filled with oil, let God make you ready for the rapture, in Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, let the Lord minister to your need, if you need healing, Lord heal them, by your strife, by your blood, we will heal, Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Yeshua name, mighty Jesus, mighty Yeshua, Heal your people, Lord, no matter what is going on. Hallelujah. Our Father, hallelujah, is putting out his oil from his throne right now. He's making it available for his people. Praise you, Lord. You open up your heart. You repent your sin. He will fill your lamp right now with oil. In Jesus' name, your lamp, your life tonight will be filled with oil from heaven, anointing from heaven. In Jesus' name, to overcome, to overcome. He will help you to overcome. In Jesus' name, no matter what you're going through right now, the Lord will fill your land, will fill your life with fresh anointing, fresh oil, help you to come through, help you to make it through. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jehoshua's name, mighty Lord, mighty God, fill the land with oil, fill the land with oil, that the land will, the, the land will run over, the land will run over with oil. In Jesus, Jesus' name, Jehoshua's name, receive it, receive it. Receive it. Some of you can feel that strong presence of the Lord, that strong presence of the Holy Spirit. You can feel that right now in Jesus' name. He's moving. He's moving. The Holy Spirit is moving. He loves us so much. He loves the bride of Christ so much. With the name of Jesus is honor. Where God is honor. Where the Holy Spirit is honor. There, there is the Holy Spirit. There is the Holy Spirit. Where Jesus is honor, there he is. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. This ritual is so important. And it is so close to begin. It is so close to happen. Hallelujah. The door is almost shut. Brothers and sisters, all the preparations are ready. Praise God. Do not have any burden. Give your burden to the Lord every day, every concern. Your animal concern, give it to the Lord. Jesus is taking care of your animal. Your concern, your worry. Praise the Lord. Give your family to the Lord. Let the Lord help your family. Thank you, Jesus. Let the Lord help them. Praise the Lord. Give them to him. Give them to him. Give your family to the Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, mighty Lord. Yes, mighty God. Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. What a great God we serve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence and anointing. It is so good. It's so awesome. It is so real. It is so real. His anointing, his presence is so real. Thank you, Lord. He wants to pour his spirit over all flesh, is where it says. All flesh. God doesn't make a session on any, on any person. Praise the Lord. He doesn't reject anyone that comes to him through his son. He receives them all. He loves them all. He wants to save them all. Praise the Lord. The, Lord, the door is open, praise the God, barely for us to get in. Praise the Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. And as people in heaven are coming to the wedding celebration, so shall we be ready. So when the trumpet sounds, we escape. We have been told, we've been told in God's word in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. About the rapture, about the cut up in the air, to meet the Lord in the air. Praise God. So we have to be obedient. Praise the Lord. To seek the Lord, to be ready to be prepared, to want to be with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. 
because we know, thank you, Lord, that it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Second Thessalonians, then we with which which are alive and remain should be caught up together with them in the cloud, the dead in Christ will be raised in first, to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Listen to what the plan of God is, that we will always be with him. Praise the Lord. He loves us so much. He wants us so much close to him that he wants us to always be with him. Not with anybody else, but with him. Why? Because we are his child. We are his beloved ones. Praise the Lord. And he is in love with you and us. Jesus Christ is in love with you and us. This is why we need to be in love with him. Because he is in love with us. He says to his disciples, you did not chose me, but I chose you first. In other words, I love you first. I have loved you first. I have been there first for you. Praise you, Lord. Can you do the same? Praise the Lord. And we need to love the Lord back. He loves us first. He's been there for us first. We need to be there for him as a servant of him, as a disciple of him, as a bride of him. We need to be there, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. We need to make that extra effort. Praise the Lord to have that extra oil to be ready, to be prepared, to be ready to meet him in the air. Praise God. Because when the trumpet sounds, he first will be in the air. I remember when he gave me that experience of meeting him in the air. When I arrived there, Jesus was already there. Praise God. He's already there, ready to meet him, to meet us there. And as I arrived, praise the Lord, he was already standing there waiting for us. With his garden for the wedding. He is so ready. He is so prepared. He is so in love. He's so delighted for his bride. Praise God that he wants to be there first. Praise the Lord. And we as a bride, praise God, we want to be there. We know that the bride, the bride, even in today's wedding, arrived at her own wedding a little late. It's like, it's like a tradition. When I got married with my wife, it was the same. I was there. I was ready as a bridegroom, but she arrived late. Praise the Lord. Somehow this is the way it works. I never seen a wedding where the bride arrived first. The bridegroom arrived first, then the bride arrives after. I don't know why it is. I don't know if, but even in the Bible you see this. Praise the Lord. The, the Lord descend from heaven first. Ascend from heaven first. He arrived first at the wedding. He's ready to get ready, and then after comes the bride. Sounds to me like a Jewish tradition. Praise the Lord. And it's, it's been like this since the beginning. In, the, in, the, in his wedding celebration, Jesus Christ wedding celebration, it's going to be the same. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. But he is excited for his own wedding, brothers and sisters, for his own wedding celebration. So should we be excited because we are also part of this wedding. We are also part of this calling. Praise you, God. And this has been arranged by God. Father God arranged it. Praise you, Lord. It is Father God that arranged this wedding, this celebration. 
Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. And Jesus Christ is going to be there on time waiting for us. Praise the Lord. And he loves us so much that our beloved pet, our beloved animal, he's going also to bring them, bring them home, brothers and sisters, in the wedding celebration. Praise the Lord. I also tell the Lord going out, and I'm like, Lord, like, why are you going out? Praise the Lord. But he was going out because, praise the Lord, the message he was giving me is tell them that I'm taking care of their pet. He was showing me. He didn't, he didn't tell me, but he was showing me, and he spoke it to me that he was taking care of the animal. And I saw him doing that, and I was impressed with what he was doing. Praise the Lord, because it's what a lot of people want, and he knows people's hearts. He knows his own people's hearts, and he's given them the desire of their heart, like the Word of God says. Praise the Lord. He knows how, how important are people's pets for, for his own people. And he's going to praise the Lord, take care of them, praise God. And he's going to, to make sure they're safe. They are protected by him. And what a better protection than our Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. But again, that place looks beautiful. The table looks beautiful. I can see all the plates, all, all the, everything, everything looks so, so Beautiful adorned, praise your Lord, and all the flowers stand. Oh man, everything looks uh, the mat, the 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 covering of the table too looks beautiful. It looks heavenly, praise the Lord for sure. The table was adorned very beautiful, and the guests also were very beautiful too. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This has been a long. Uh, preparation, but it's becoming to the end. Praise the Lord, and the Lord let me know that the end before the door is shut is very, very close. And, and it's like some people have said, we are going to make it by a hair. That means that uh, it's an expression I heard for many years. I would like to make it at least by a hair, by, by, by a slim, by a little. Praise you, Lord. And, and it's exactly what I saw. It might be that we have been so disobedient in the past. We have lost, we, we have lost prayer. We have lost sanctification, purification. We have lost obedience. And all these things, because the Lord has chosen us before the foundation of this earth, uh, he had delayed his own wedding to give us a chance not to miss his wedding. And uh, he has given us us right to the last minute to prepare, to be ready, and has been working with, with us, him and the Holy Spirit, to prepare us and make us ready, thank you, Lord, to make sure we enter through the door that is him, that we enter this celebration, and that we don't miss the celebration, praise you, God, because he loves us so much. And he wants us to be there with him, which that's what's important, brothers and sisters, that we are there with him because he's going to be there. He's not going to, to miss. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah 33, 11, the voice of joy, the voice, the voice of gladness, the voice of bridegroom, the voice of, of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. For his mercy endure forever. 
and those who shall bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. For I will cause to return the captive of the land, and as the first as the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Joel to to what uh, sixteen said, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elder, gather the children and those that suck of the breast. Let the bridegroom go forward from his chamber and let the bride out of the retreat. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. We will. We are going to have so much fun. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. John 3.29 says, he, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who standeth and heareth him, rejoice greatly because of the bridegroom voice. This, this is my joy, therefore, therefore it's fulfilled, says John the Baptist. He, it is fulfilled when he sees Jesus getting married to his bride-to-be. Praise God to his bride. Brothers and sisters, that celebration, praise you, Lord. It, it's already begun in heaven. And the one the Lord showed me is missing in this celebration is the bride. It is, it, is, it is us, the last to come in. Thank you, Lord. Don't miss the rapture because the tribulation is a new beginning. It's a new beginning without the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is with Christ in the wedding celebration and his bride. Thank you, Lord, because he will live in you, said Jesus, and he will be with you forever. He's going to be with us in heaven, brothers and sisters. He's going to go home with us. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. And this world is going to be empty without God. That's why the tribulation is a day of banking of the Lord, but it also a new beginning without the Holy Spirit. Because I remember when Jesus showed me this, the, the, the intelligence, the wisdom of the, hallelujah, the people went away in IBM. He showed me when the Holy Spirit was taking, they had no idea how to make new ships, come out with new idea. The, the science, the engineering they have cannot, cannot do anything with the with technology they have in their hand. Why? Because the intelligence, which is in the Holy Spirit of God, because that's why Daniel said that, that science will increase Praise you, Lord, because the Holy Spirit will be on the earth. That's why it will be increased. Praise you, Lord. But once he's taken away, people become like, huh, what was I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do this? I knew yesterday. I knew an hour ago. I knew a few minutes ago. It's gone. I don't know what to do now. Once the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, praise you, Lord, people will have no idea what to do. And they will be asking themselves, how come we had all this wisdom and all this intelligence on how to make all these things in order to sign? It's taken away. It's gone. We don't know what to do anymore. We don't know what to invent anymore. We don't know what to come out anymore. We don't know how to use this technology anymore that we used to know how to make. Praise the Lord. People don't realize how important is the Holy Spirit in their life, brothers and sisters, in this world. Thank you, Lord. But in the millennium, we will have so much of the Holy Spirit that science will, will multiply to the thousands or millions beyond what we have now, and we will have cars flying and so much more. That technology that will not break down. 
Thank you, Lord, because the technology speaks of the sin for life that people have. And that's why it breaks down, because it's made by sinful men, the Lord. But it will not be so anymore in the millennium. Now, it is soon to begin after the seven-year tribulation, when Jesus Christ will renew the earth again. It will make it a safe, secure, and wonderful place to live in. Praise the Lord. Pure air, pure water, pure food, not contaminated anymore. But everything will be pure, safe to eat. Praise the Lord, O oh God Almighty, for his wisdom, brothers and sisters, that he's going to bring. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to bring this word. Bless every life that is listening, Lord, with each of these words. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. Here is, brother, and sister, the latest prophecy. Thank you, Lord. And uh, I'm going to read you a real quick paragraph from the book of Habakkuk, and then I'm going to introduce our guest for today's show. But if you read Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, here's what it says. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, he says, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble for plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. You see what Habakkuk is saying is, Lord, why do I have to watch this? When I look outside and I look into the streets, there's nothing but violence. And I, I don't see you saving us. I see iniquity like sexual immorality. I see all this trouble, all this violence before me, plundering, there's strife, there's contention. The law, your law, your commandments, it seems to be powerless because justice never goes forth. As a matter of fact, the wicked are surrounding the righteous, and the judgment that is going forth is perverse. And then verse 5, the Lord gives his reply. And he says, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days, which you would not believe, though it were told to you. God's saying, look out, look at the nations. What I'm getting ready to do is going to be astounding. I'm getting ready to do an awesome work in your days. It's so incredible. You wouldn't believe it even if I told you. And I feel like that's what the Lord's saying to us today. And it's coming, folks. The time is upon us. And, uh, you know, I have a special guest for us today to talk about some of the things that are coming, like the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Uh, joining me today is Sister Susan Davis, author of a book called Marriage Supper of the Lamb from the Heart of God. Sister Susan, thanks for joining us today. Well, hi, Sean, and hi, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me onto your show today. It's just an extreme privilege. Really excited about being here. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you on. Uh, real quick, before we get into what do you think about what I just read about this movie and how, I mean, don't you, when you see stuff like that, don't you say to yourself, that's a harbinger when I see Passion of the Christ dethroned by pornography? Well, Sean, it's just one of many. It's, it's one of so many. And, uh, I mean, if the people can't see it, then, you know, they need to get uh, close to the Lord and say, Lord, uh, show me what you want me to show me. Uh, 
you know, I just want the truth. <clears throat> if they can't, if they can't understand what's happening into the society, how it's uh, falling apart and being degraded, uh, they need to just get right with the Lord and say, I don't care uh, what you tell me. I just want the truth. Open my eyes, open my heart up. And God will come in, and he will, he will take the scales off their eyes, and he'll show them that um, our society is going down so fast that, uh, well, for one thing, there's no turning the boat around. Uh, the Titanic is already going down, and uh, because the society, not just uh, America, but the whole world, by the way, has turned their back. To God and and even um, our lukewarm Christian friends can see that the world has rejecting God. Uh, the world can't turn around apart from God. It's impossible. And so the thing I ask people more than anything is how much more is the true church, which is the bride of Christ, going to have to see before the Lord returns? Because we know that we're now on a downward descent. There's no turning things around the the masses have turned their back to God and there's no the only hope left is now for the return of Christ for his uh, church. Yeah. So that's what I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel the same. That's why I brought up this, you know, passage from Habakkuk cuz I I feel that way. You know, I'm like there's nothing all I see now is violence and iniquity and it's like how long? How much longer? And uh, I think something amazing is on the way. Uh, you know, the main reason I wanted to get you on here was to talk about this marriage supper of the Lamb, which uh, we brought up. We had an interview with Johnny Baptist a few days ago, and we talked a lot about this. Uh, but I wanted to get your view on it, uh, what you think God's uh, telling you about this event. Um, you, oh, by the way, I wanted to thank you for sending me a copy of that book through a mutual friend of ours. I've been skimming through it, and in particular, the chapter's titled Rapture and the Marriage Supper of the Lamb and Prepared for Rapture. And i got to tell you, if it's even possible, uh, those two chapters have gotten me even more pumped up about this event than before. And uh, so what I want to do is I just kind of want to hand you the microphone for the rest of this episode and uh, let you share your thoughts on all this, enlighten us a bit on – the whole, what the marriage supper is, um, you know, everything that the Spirit's uh, leading you in. And then I might interject from time to time, but for like the next 40 minutes or whatever, however long we have left, I just want to give you the floor and just kind of explain to people about this. And there's also the danger of not being part of it. And uh, so I'm just going to give you the floor. So just feel free, take it away. Okay, well, thanks so much. This is just, like I said, a true blessing, and um, I always like to talk to people because the way I feel about this particular project is, you know, if you had a cure for cancer, you'd want to tell as many people as possible about what uh, what you've got, and uh, this isn't, you know, a cure for cancer, but sure is a cure for uh, keeping you um out of hell for eternity, which um, is a life-changing uh, project book, and uh, we just, you know, we're getting the reviews are fantastic, and I'll, I'll uh, share a little of that. But, um, you know, we just look for every opportunity to let people know about this project so that they can uh, get a copy. And um, 
I'd like to just start, if I could, from the very beginning, because I wanted to just share with your audience how it was that uh, this whole thing started, what, you know, what brought it about, and I'll have to give a very abbreviated version because you know how things are. You can't put your life in, into uh, too much time, so I'll try to get to uh, the short version. But um, I... Uh, I was pursuing God on my own. Um, I was I had been doing outreach uh, for ten years in, in what I would consider now to be a lukewarm church, uh, according to God um, standards. But um, on my own, I was uh, pursuing God, uh, trying to find a, my own walk with Him. And of course, He was all, He had, He was already pursuing me. So. <laughs> But um, I began to have a deeper walk with the Lord. I was looking for ways that I could uh, eliminate things in my uh, daily schedule so I could spend more and more time with the Lord. And um, it seemed that every time I cut back something uh, worldly that I was doing and spent more time with the Lord, the more he would show up in my life. And um, that was so amazing. And then uh, in March of 2009, uh, the Lord gave me a uh, another language, which is French, and a mission. He said that I was to go out and to warn people that he was coming and coming soon. And um, be- because I received this miraculous language of French, which I had never spoken French before, I totally took him at his word. And so I started to go out and tell everybody and then uh, I would say you jumped to August 2010, and the Lord uh, gave me another marvelous gift, which was the ability to hear his voice, which is um, known as a, a gift of prophecy. And um, it wasn't just for my benefit, and those kind of gifts never are. They are for the edification of the church, but the Lord uh started to give me letters uh, that I was to send out to the people. And so I would send these letters out, and uh, they were, you know, covering all sorts of topics, uh, things that are near and dear to the Lord's heart, uh, how to be ready, things like the importance of repentance, the importance of unforgiveness, uh, forgiving everyone, and uh, And uh, if you have trouble forgiving, you know, turning to the Lord to help you forgive, because that's essential for making it into heaven. So it was these important topics. He was uh, putting out uh, letters, and I was sending them out. And then um, I was called, uh, it was 2012, I was called to go uh, to do a 40-day water-only fast. Uh, but I want to preface this a uh, little bit uh, because a 40-day water-only fast is uh, very, very hard, and it's not for everyone. And if it wasn't something the Lord had led me to do, uh, you really need to be led by the Lord to do this. But I had, uh, in September of that year, I had started to get involved in an international prayer group, and we had agreed to fast two meals a day, and um, I participated in that, not knowing that God was preparing me for something even more intense, 
but for from September to about the end of January, I fasted two meals a day. And then the Lord said he wanted me to go, and uh, our family has a family cabin, and he directed me to go, to leave my family for 40 days and to go and to perform this fast. And um, I felt compelled to obey him, and um, I was already down to two, uh, one meal a day, and I thought, okay, well, maybe I can do this. And... Um, I did take vitamins, and I had a good friend, Donna McDonald, who came uh, several weekends to check my vitals, and it was miraculous because every time I experienced hunger pain, I would pray uh, for the bread of heaven, which is Christ, and immediately my hunger pain would completely go away. So I really didn't suffer uh, in that way too much, but, uh, you know, not eating for 40 days was probably the most, if not, well, the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. But, uh, during that 40 day fast, uh, in the seclusion of our family cabin, the Lord gave me, uh, about one letter a day, uh, which I copied down and then I typed up. And at the end of the 40 day fast, I had, you know, uh, I actually had like 38 uh, letters from the Lord, and um, I had already, uh, the Lord had already sent me a publisher who was already publishing some of the writings that the Lord had given me before, and uh, because he felt these letters from the Lord were so anointed, and so... uh, I sent him this manuscript uh, that I had from my fast, and he, uh, which ended, the fast ended like uh, <clears throat> the first week into March, and I had sent this to him, and he was so overwhelmed with the letters that I had received during that period of time that he had it turned around and put into book format uh, from between middle of March and sometime in May. <clears throat> and he had also set it up into um, something called uh, downloadable Smashword uh, documents. So <clears throat> the book is absolutely free to anybody who wants to read it. It It is available on uh, Amazon uh, for purchase if you would like it in a hard copy form. Um, and we make no profit from this. We're uh, we're not totally not making profit. Uh, it's only for cost that that you're charged. But if you are okay with uh, receiving it in electronic form, it's totally free. It, we have it in PDF file. We have it uh, in electronic electronic downloads uh, for Apple devices for um, any iPads readers uh, Kindle. Uh, there is a charge of 99 cents for Kindle. That uh, Kindle requires that, but <clears throat> it's just a nominal fee. Also, uh, the Marriage Supper of the Lamb is uh, totally on Facebook. Uh, there is the Marriage Supper of the Lamb Facebook, and the whole book is uh, there. You can just uh, you can just log in there and read the whole book right on Facebook. <clears throat> The book has moved so many people uh, that I have been overwhelmed. I have a constant stream of letters 
and I put a lot of the testimonies on a um, website dedicated to the book. And anybody that wants to find that website, and uh, they can go to uh, Marriage Supper of the Lamb Radiant, the word radiant, and find it. And there's uh, there's a link in there under the news section of all the people that have written us, or not all, but many people have written us wonderful letters about how the book has changed their life and caused them to have a deeper walk with the Lord. But the... Um, the thing I want to mention is that the the reason the the book is so exciting is it's really changing people's lives. Uh, people before had uh, had like no relationship with Christ or even a minimal lukewarm uh, relationship, and this is really driving them into the Lord's arms, and it's very exciting. It's so exciting that we've had many people. Uh, translating the book uh, at their own time and expense into uh, languages for um, so that people in their own language can get the book. And that would be some of the languages it's been translated into is French and Swahili, uh, Kiran Wandan, which is in Rwanda, and uh, Chinese, Japanese, and uh, we have just a variety of languages that it's in. And this has all been done by the readers themselves. Uh, we had one particular instance that uh, is very exciting. We had a young man in Osaka, Japan, that wanted the book translated. He didn't want to do it. He looked for a volunteer, could not find somebody, so he paid with his own money to have it translated. And a young woman in um, up in Minnesota translated it for, uh, as a contract project, and the book changed her life so much that she has since translated a couple more of the books that we have into uh, Japanese for us at no charge, and her life has totally changed just by doing the, tr the Japanese translation. But um, these are the kind of stories we're hearing, and, um, you know, it's very exciting uh, it's frustrating for me to have a book that is this powerful and not, uh, you know, be able to get it out to the people fast enough. And but, but I'm just trusting in the Lord that He, uh, in His own time and planning, will get it out to the exact people that He wants to get it out to because uh, it's all about Him. It's His ministry. Uh, I'm just a messenger and nothing more. And the, we have a lot of people that work with us in this ministry. As I mentioned, translators. We have uh, we have people who have done audios on this book and YouTube, and um, the book's also done in Spanish. I was so amazed. I found uh, somebody had put uh, some of our books up on Spanish YouTube, and they had. Um, already had like 5,000 web hits, and I didn't even know it had been done like this. So uh, the book has a life of its own. It's the Holy Spirit is really moving it out and wanting people to read it because um, I can go through some of the uh, some of the sections. The very first section of the book is about humility. And I'll share this testimony. Uh, one of the things that the Lord was dealing with me on when I went to our cabin uh, for the fast 
um, of course, I did not know that this book would come out of this fast, but uh, I went down to, to do the fast because <clears throat> the Lord had called me to it. And uh, one of the first things that he did with, with me was he was dealing with uh, my, uh, some issues of pride that I had. And um, actually, that's something that all of us have issues with, uh, every one of us. And um, the Lord had me uh, lay prostrate on the floor uh, one day, and um, he wanted me to think about uh, issues of pride, which I did. And I was really, uh, I was pretty upset. And I, I thought, boy, this is going to be a long 40-day fast if I'm going to be on the floor every day because I, I didn't know. But uh, that evening, I crawled into my little um, sleeping bag in, in, our, in our cabin. And um, the next morning, I thought, well, I'm going to be back on the floor again. <laughs> but no, this time the Lord had me, uh, he said, go get your journal. And he said, I have words to give you. And he gave me some of the most amazing words on humility versus pride. And I was just overwhelmed as, as most people are when they read this section of the book, which is the first chapter. Uh, the Lord proceeds to talk about the, the source of all evil stems from pride and the source of all love stems from humility. And um, I mean, I implore the listeners to uh, read uh, the book and they will get into this section and it will amaze them uh, God's view on humility versus pride because pride is what brought Satan down from the very beginning and uh, it's 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 a real problem. Uh, it's gonna it's the thing that's going to destroy everyone if they don't turn their life over to the Lord, and uh, humble themselves, repent, and um, that's the only way any of us will be able to make it into heaven is through surrendering to the Lord, surrendering our own will, which actually is the will of Satan because we're born sinners, and we're not our own. Until we surrender to Christ and relinquish our will into the will of the Father, uh, without doing that, uh, none of us will be able to enter heaven. That's absolute uh, requirement. So uh, that's the first chapter of this book. Um, some of the other chapters, uh, if I could just go down, uh, the next one is do not trust in yourself or others. Um, the third chapter is more on humility, training in humility, and the Lord opened up more uh, information on that, um, how we need to think of others before ourselves first. Um, the next chapter four is trusting in God. Um, he talks about how we do not trust in him, and it goes back to childlike faith. We need to behave like children. Uh, we need to trust in the Lord as children, which we are. We are his children. Uh, then in uh, chapter 5, he goes into forgiveness, and he talks about forgiveness as being uh, essential. Um, the Bible says that if we don't forgive everyone, then God can't forgive us. 
And, and I'm finding out uh, many Christians don't understand this. There are so many Christians that still have unforgiveness in their hearts, and this will keep them from uh, being with the Lord if they, if they can't release uh, the forgiveness in their heart. Uh, in chapter 6, it's live in the world, but do not be of the world. Um, again, he's talking in this section about uh, being separate, uh, which you were talking about uh, Christians partaking of movies like the one that just came out uh, that you mentioned earlier, right. uh, Sean. And, um, you know, a lot of Christians have gotten involved in things like Twilight and Harry Potter and uh, this is just an abomination to God, and people don't, the Christians need to understand that they really have to be like, uh, not like Lot's wife looking back to the world. We have to be looking away from the world. Right, right. And I mean, I don't know where it's at in the Bible, but it says don't put your hands to the plow and then look back. Mm-hmm. You know, so once you, once you start making that step, you've you got to be all in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's many scriptures that talk about that because, uh, you know, God likens it like a dog going back to its own vomit, which is pretty graphic when you think about it. But he's trying to drive the point home about how disgusting it is for uh, Christians to handle his things, his holy things, which is, uh, you know, reading his word and attending church and saying that you're a Christian and then going back to the world and looking like the world and behaving like the world. It's its an abomination to God, and in many ways it's way worse than somebody who's totally cold, who's never had a relationship with the Lord ever. Well, and you know, part of it that's and, – and I'm speaking from my, my own experience as well – is unfortunately this kind of information comes to a shock – as most uh, to most Christians, because they're not hearing this in their churches, um, they're not hearing repentance. They're not hearing that there's actually something required on your end. Yes, you're saved by grace. It's by the it's by God's great mercy. Um, it is because of what Jesus did on the cross. But he calls us to deny ourselves, to die to ourselves, and take up our own cross and follow him. Um, so there's a relationship that has to take place here. It's not as simple as, well, you know, I, I said a little prayer, and now I'm going to go watch Fifty Shades of Grey and have a good time. It's all good. Jesus is going to forgive me, and I'm going to give him a high five when I get to heaven. That's not it. You, you know, you, you're saved by grace, but you do got to – you have to follow Jesus. You have to be in relationship with him. And what I don't think people what, – what I think people don't realize is that once you start to draw near to him and start to be in that relationship, it's not that you go, oh, well, i got to cut all these things out. Let me go down the list. It's that those things no longer entice you. I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, we've been duped by the great duper, <laughs> which is Satan. He has uh, really, uh, you know, enticed people into an inferior life. And, uh, you know, they don't understand that they are rejecting their own creator. And um, and they're going off with the creation, which is Satan. And it's a, it's a great inferior um, uh, path. And ultimately, it's going to lead to their destruction and, and um you know, so he is the great deceiver. 
Right. Well, and I think it's important for people because one of the mistakes I made uh, that I've made through my Christian walk is I would have the list of all the things I knew I needed to get away from, right? But really that wasn't the answer. The answer was just – it was as simple as just drawing near to Jesus and making him my number one priority. Folks, when you do that, because I know there's going to be some people listening, and they're like, man, I've got this addiction, this thing, I've got this going on over here, and it's overwhelming, and they don't know how to do it, and, and with their own strength, they can't overcome it anyway. What, we're, what you really have to do is just draw near to Jesus, and those things will start to fall off of you because you won't want it anymore. I mean, when you draw near to Christ, you don't want anything else. And uh, so I just, I'll, I'll give the floor back to you. I just wanted to say that because... All the things you're saying are true. You know, yeah, you have to get away from these things. You shouldn't be involved in these movies and these worldly things. But it's 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 as simple as drawing near to Jesus, and you won't need those things anymore. Versus, in your own strength, trying to cut out those sins. Well, yes, and I have hope for your audience because I I want to talk about this. You brought up a great point. Uh, a lot of people think that they have to, you know, get their act together before they can approach God, and it's the other way around. Uh, we'll never get our act together if we don't first approach God, uh, because what we need to do is surrender to the Lord and ask for the Holy Spirit to come into our life in fullness, which is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's the fullness of the Holy Spirit that enables us to walk away from uh, going to movies like you mentioned or addictions and that sort of thing uh, because what this is how the Holy Spirit does it. He starts to show you how wonderful Christ is. And once you get a glimpse of how wonderful Christ is, how loving, how much love he has, and how real it is to be able to have a relationship with your own creator, then you start to go, no, that over there doesn't look so good to me anymore. And that's how the whole thing works. But we can't shed these things. We can't make ourselves better apart from that experience because it just can't be done. We can't, we can't do it in our own power. We have to have the power of the Holy Spirit, which is, once again, as you mentioned, many of the churches aren't even bringing this up. Uh, the poor people are trying to battle sin in their own flesh, and it's just impossible. Well, e- even worse than that, the church is saying, well, you're free from sin, not telling them that if you have Jesus, you're free from sin in the sense that you don't need it anymore, but they're saying you're free. F- they're, they're making it sound like, well, you're free from the punishment of sin because you said your prayer, and almost making it okay to continue to live in those sins instead of teaching them that if they just have Jesus, they wouldn't need him to begin with. And, uh, you know, that's that in itself is frustrating, the idea that, well, you can go ahead and send your heart out uh, because you're covered. You know, you've got the fire insurance or whatever. Well, yeah, and so there's a lot of deception going on in uh, the mega churches and the mainstream churches. And sadly, um, you know, just as the Bible said, the lukewarm are going to be spit out in the end. And... Um, There's a scripture uh, that I would like to mention that uh, troubled me greatly, and uh, it was the scripture that says, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we work wonders in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? And he turns to the people, and he says, you know, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. 
Yes. And uh, I troubled greatly over this because I thought, wait a minute, here, these guys are casting out demons, they're prophesying, they're working wonders. It's all looking pretty good for them. And yet Christ turns to them and, and says, depart from me. And I'm like, what's going on here? Because, you know, these are sounding like, you know, he's not talking to the worldly. He's talking to churchgoers because they're casting out demons in his name, et cetera. And so this is, this is very troubling that it's not even like uh, this is actually his own church he's directing. And I'm thinking, wow, who can make it? If, you know, who's going to make it? And then, uh, you know, I toiled over this and I talked to the Holy Spirit quite a bit. And this is what the Holy Spirit led uh, to my understanding on this scripture. Uh, the part where Christ says in that scripture, I never knew you. The Holy Spirit showed me the meaning of the word know in the Bible is tied to in the beginning when Adam knew Eve. And then there's a part in the scripture where it says that uh, Mary uh, says to the angel who comes to uh, give her the news that she'll be carrying Christ. She says, I've never known a man. And there's another section in Joshua, or I'm sorry, Judah uh, had a relationship with his daughter-in-law, but he never knew her again. So over and over and over, we see the word in the Bible, knew, implies intimacy. So the Holy Spirit showed me that when Christ turns to those people and he says to them, I never knew you, he's saying to them, yeah, you were out there doing all these wonderful works, but you and I were not intimate. We weren't close. We were not intimate friends. I never knew you intimately. That's what he will say to them. So, uh, what I'm trying to get across through this is all this busy, this church busyness that everybody's getting caught up in, all, you know, filling their, um, their dance card with all these church activities. And then when it's all over and said and done with, they don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. They don't know him intimately. They don't talk to him. They don't uh, get close to him, which is, you know, reading his Bible and praying for the Holy Spirit to show you truth in the word uh, so that you can understand the original meaning behind the word, which is from God himself. All this has to be done with a close relationship with the Lord and seeking him, like talking with him all through the day. And yes, he wants us to talk with him all through the day. He wants, uh, he wants to walk through this life with us. We, are, we were never created to be apart from God and, and run in, and be in this life alone. We were created to be his eternal companion. And you don't show up to somebody's house to live with them if you've never made the first phone call to them. So uh, that's what the point of that scripture is where Christ tells them that they have to uh, depart from him because they were not close to him. And that's the significance of that scripture. And, you know, that's the problem with the lukewarm church. Uh, they're all about activities and programs, and then uh, they go back into the world, uh, and they have absolutely no relationship with the Lord. 
they have a relationship with the world. And so uh, that's why it's going to be stunning to a large majority of uh, the lukewarm Christians when the Lord returns for his church, and it's coming soon, and they're going to be left behind. Yeah. And, you know, I've said this on the show several times. The scripture that you just quoted, to me personally, is the most frightening scripture in all of the Bible. I mean, to me, you, we, I mean, we could talk about the, the plagues and all the stuff coming down in, in the book of Revelation and men's hearts failing them for fear of what's coming on the earth. And none of that scares me more than hearing than that fear of the Lord saying, you know, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. And um, so, you know, that, man, that one troubles me. It causes me to do what Paul said, which is to work your salvation out with fear and trembling. And I do. And uh, the fear of the Lord is a healthy thing, folks. Uh, uh, Susan, we've got like 15 or 20 minutes left. <laughs> this is already burning by fast. <laughs> this, uh, I'll have to have you on again for sure. Um, let's, if we can, if you're ready, let's talk about this marriage separate of the land. Because I think this topic, and by the way, the dinner bells are ringing. I mean, I hear them. I'm getting hungry. I'm ready to go. Um if you want to be a part of this, you got to, I mean, people need to get serious today. And uh, so if, if you don't mind, let, tell us about this and uh, what we can expect from this. Well, yes, the, uh, the, the Lord has revealed many wonderful things, uh, especially through this book. He shared uh, with me uh, in these letters I received, uh, you know, just what we can expect when we get to heaven and, you know, he talks about uh, that we're going to arrive to heaven and he's going to have a wonderful banquet like, like has never been before because this is going to be the greatest event of all time. Uh, Christ marrying the church, his true church, the church that's sitting on the edge of their seat, watching and waiting for him. Uh, The Bible says, Uh, very clearly that uh, there is a crown of righteousness for those who long for his appearing, those who are watching for his appearing. And the reason that uh, you receive a crown of righteousness is if you're watching for him, if you're longing for him, if you believe he's coming soon, then you get your robes cleaned up, then you get yourself ready, and that's, you know, where the righteousness comes in. But if you don't think he's coming back soon and you don't care and you're just involved in worldly things, then uh, you're, not so in, you're not so pursuing holiness and getting your garments ready, as the Bible talks about, uh, stain-free, spot-free. Uh, you're just mingling with the world, looking like the world, and it's of no interest to you. But if you're really longing for the Lord, then yes, you will receive a crown of uh, righteousness. And that is the mandate for all Christians to be watching and looking for the Lord and to be sharing their belief with other lost people and turning people back towards the narrow path, which is Christ is the narrow path and getting them back on the straight path, which is pursuing Christ, uh, you know, Christ is our creator. He's the one we're going to be spending eternity with. If we have no interest in him whatsoever, 
and we're ignoring him, how can we expect that he would consider that we would be interested in living with him for eternity? It's kind of a common sense thing. But um, this is uh, what's in the book. And I do want to mention that if anybody would like a copy of this book absolutely free, um, I'd love to give you my email address. It's, um, it's K-I, D like dog, S like Sam, M like Mary, K like kite, T like Tom, G like Gary, and then it's at fbcglobal.net. And again, our website is Marriage Supper of the Lamb Radiant. If you put that in the search engine, you can find our website. And we have Marriage Supper of the Lamb on Facebook. You can read the entire book on Facebook or get, we can send you PDF files or download it free. We just want to get it out there to people. Uh, people's lives are changing. They're being inspired by the book and uh, the book gives a lot more detail about the heart of God what he wants and what he expects of the people. And uh, yes, the time is closing down because <clears throat> we, put out a, we put out a list and I'd be glad to email this to anyone, the 26 signs of things that have come to pass in the world that says that the Lord's return is soon and that we're the generation that won't pass away before the Lord returns. So, um, you know, I often tell people, you know, if you had three or four signs of a heart attack, you'd go to a hospital. If you had three or four signs of cancer, you'd go get yourself checked out for cancer. If you had three or four signs that a hurricane was coming, you'd go board up your house. But why are there like 26 signs or more of indication in the Bible that these are the things to look for in the last days? They've come to pass. Why do people not care? Uh, they should because the Lord is returning soon and um, he's only coming for the people who are really care, really watching and really embrace him. And that's, that's the key. Well, and, and the answer to that question, I think, is found in Luke 14, 15 through 24, the parable of the Great Supper. Because here, here we are, we're saying, hey, the marriage supper of the Lamb is coming. And, you know, it says that a certain man gave, gave a supper and invited many and sent his servants out to bring those who were invited, but they all had excuses because they were clinging on to the world. You know, the, one of them said, I just bought a piece of ground. I got to go see it. One said, I just got married. I can't go. The other said, I just bought five oxen. I got to go test them. You know, you, just like you said, yeah. you know, all these signs are here. We're saying, hey, it's about supper time. You're invited. Let's go. And everybody's like, well, I don't want to believe that because uh, I've got all these worldly things that I want to see happen, and I'm not. They're more interested in seeing that happen than Christ returning today. Yeah, I just saw in the uh, newspaper that I mean, mainstream newspaper, not even Christian, and they're talking about the storms that are hitting uh, Boston and the East Coast, and they and they call them biblical proportion. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, you know, uh, the truth uh, is the Lord gave me a revelation, Sean, uh, not so long ago, and he showed me how the bride of Christ was represented by the disciple John. Uh, John uh, was not martyred. He died. Um, he was imprisoned, and um, he was given revelation, but he ultimately didn't uh, 
endure martyrdom, all the other disciples did. And um, the Lord showed me that it was only John that was at the cross when Christ died. And we know that he was there uh, from the Bible. But John was representative of the bride of Christ. He did not care what the Romans were doing. He just wanted to be right there at the cross with Christ. He didn't worry that he might be taken and crucified next while all the other disciples hid away. And the Lord revealed to me that John represents the bride. She's the one that right now is out there believing and promoting Christ. And the other disciples that hid away is the lukewarm church. And so later they were martyred, but John didn't suffer martyrdom. He represents the bride. And the other thing about this is if you look, the percentages are really small, one disciple out of 12. And that's the that's exactly what the Lord is showing us also is that very few are going to be raptured. And uh, it's just going to be, the Bible says, it'll be just like the days of Lot. It'll just be like the days of Noah. And so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. Uh, very few are going to be ready and watching. Yeah, that's troubling. That's really, really troubling. Um. Yeah, and you know, I worry so much. I, I, and I'll be honest, you know, I again, I work out my own salvation with fear and trembling because I know I don't deserve it. And you know, then I look at the people who aren't even on their face. You know what I mean? They're not living on their face before God. They're just casually going about things. And I'm like, oh, you don't understand. I'm so scared for you. Um, and I mean, you really hit it. it. Something that came to my mind, and I don't know why, but you were talking about John being representative of of the uh, raptured church or the bride of the Christ, you know, he's at the feet of, of Jesus when he's being crucified. Uh, also at that last supper, uh, he was the one who was laying his head on Jesus' shoulder or chest, you know, and it's just a picture mm -hmm. of, of intimacy. Yeah. That's, that's a picture of the church, the true church that is uh, walked away from the world uh, focused on Christ, uh, excited about his coming. And uh, we, the Lord uh, gave me a list of uh, things to look for. What is the difference between what is, how does the lukewarm church look next to the true church, which is the bride of Christ. And um, I have that list if anybody like, would like to get that. But, um, you know, the Bride of Christ is uh, interested in pursuing the Lord, and she finds him worthy of her time. And uh, the church is, the lukewarm church is interested in pursuing the world. It's a whole different look. But um, the time is running out. There isn't really any country in the world that embraces Christ now, leaders. And this is a big sign that we're coming near the end. And um, it's very important. I, you know, I just want to say this. We had a dear friend that uh, we lost this year. Uh, she was, she loved Christ so much, and she was really pursuing him, and she was promoting people, telling people about the rapture, the rapture's coming. And then she died suddenly without warning. And we were all so stunned because she was very young. But, you know, I believe she's in heaven because she was all, she was, if anybody, there was, she was sitting on the edge of her seat looking for the Lord's return. 
you know, it, it really doesn't matter uh, whether you believe you're coming, you're going to be taken out in the rapture or, you know, this message is here now. It's good for anybody no matter what, because we're seeing people caught in things like Sri Lanka. They lost 300,000 people in that. Uh, Japan, uh, there's Chile, Haiti, Philippines. Uh, these monumental biblical uh, events are taking place, and uh, you need to be ready. You need to be ready for whatever is coming, and whether it's the rapture or something different. But but your life is not your own. You can't really call the shots. God does. And so what you need to do is you need to be focused on the Lord no matter what. And that's just the message that we're trying to get out to people. Do you think that there's a you – know, I really liked what you said about you know people are – you're drawing near to Christ because you believe he's come. And that's what happens when you, when you do believe that he could come at any moment, you start to get your house in order. And I kind of liked how you, you pointed out, you know, you start to clean your garments because you know, it's about wedding time. And I've kind of noticed that in my own life. Do you think that there's a move that God's got a movement going of this? Uh, at least from what you can see here in America where people are starting to, or at least the few uh, are starting to say, Hey, I need to, I need to get it together. Jesus could be back any moment. Do you see that kind of a movement, or do you see more of a just nobody cares? Well, you know, I'm seeing both. Uh, the Bible talks about that the scales would be put on people's eyes, uh, and it's called a strong delusion, mm-hmm. and that God would give them over to this. And, you know, it's kind of like in the book in um, – you know, back in the time of Egypt where Pharaoh, all those plagues hit him and he still wouldn't, you know, pay attention. It's that same kind of uh, dumbing down that the people were seeing the worst kind of vile evil and it's not phasing people. And yet there is a group of people called the true church, the bride of Christ or whatever you want to call them. These, there's a small group that's really uh, fine-tuning, watching, uh, you know, getting their lives put together. And because they, the Lord has opened their eyes and their hearts, and they see that, you know, the things in the world aren't normal. This is <laughs> the fact that we're having, you know, uh, violent storms, worst ever in 50, 100 years or ever, and uh terrible things going on politically, uh, you know, violent uh, leaders, immoral leaders, like, you know, in North Korea and Russia and everywhere else. And really, there's there's nobody that's going to step up to the plate and uh, fix all of this. The only, the only out right now is uh, the rapture, which is coming, and then Christ's return to the earth, the second coming to turn it all around. Uh, so from this point on, we're just going to begin to see things get worse and worse. Right. We also have the signs and the moons and the stars, with you know, especially with the blood moons. Uh, this is the Shemitah we're facing. Um, there's so many. I mean, everything's so perfectly aligned. It's. I don't see how anybody can deny it. I mean, I don't see how anybody can put these pieces together and deny it. How could we have all of these events ramping up, the blood moons, the Shemitah year, the, just everything? I, I don't see how, but I'm telling you, there's, uh, even the church I go to, there's so many people, they, they, they're not interested. 
they're just not interested in what we're talking about right now. And man, it, it troubles me. What we've got like just a couple of minutes left. What would you say to some of the people who are listening? They're like, I want to make sure that I'm right, but I'm kind of new to. I have a lot of people who who've came to this show and they're new Christians. They're not, they, you know they haven't been around for ten or fifteen years studying the Word of God. What would you say to that individual who's like, what, who's thinking to themselves, what do I do to make sure that I'm in right relationship with God? Well, as I said, uh, the thing is you just need to get before the Lord, uh, put your whole life in his hands, your whole future in his hands. You know, I tell people God created us, so he has to have created a perfect plan for the perfect life that he created, and he did. He has a blueprint for our life. The thing is we have free will. We have the ability to go with that or we have the ability to reject it. And I be, I happen to believe that if God created me, I want that blueprint that he made for my future. I want that plan. And, I, and I'm going to go to him and put my life before him and say, Lord, I surrender to your will, your plans, and put me in your perfect will. And, you know, just keep pursuing that end, and God will take over. Uh, the, the Bible says his yoke is easy. And amazingly, it is. Uh, we have to come to him with childlike faith. I, I joke all the time about I want to mature in my childlike faith because that's where it's at. We just have to lay our life down and trust him and uh, give up the idea that we can run the show because we can't. And it's not going to work out well if we do. And that's the beginning of a beautiful walk with the Lord is trusting in our maker our creator, that he's got a better plan for our life, and he does, by the way. Right, right. And uh, if, you're list- if you're able to listen to this right now, then there's still time for you to get on your face before the Lord. Um, and I highly recommend that you do that. Susan, this has been a lot of fun. I, I do this with guests. I have them on, and then it's like not even a fraction of enough time to touch everything <laughs> that I want to talk about. Um, so I'm going to have to have you back on if you're willing um, also, I'm going to put links in the show notes to, to everything that you discuss, like the free book download and, and the Facebook and all that. Um, so this will be posted. People are listening to this. It's Tuesday morning. Um, all that information will be at the website at truthfed.com, all the stuff that Susan mentioned. So if you want to get the book and check it out, I highly recommend you do. Also, she gave you uh, her email address if you have questions for her. Um, Susan, thanks so much for for making time, and and I'll definitely be getting with you again to see if we can schedule another conversation about some of these events, unless the Lord comes back tonight, and I'm kind (laughs) of hoping he does. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you. What a blessing. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. God bless. I have something that I wanted to share with you. 
I've come across a book called Marriage Supper of the Lamb and End Time Events, Messages for This Last Generation, dictated to Susan Davis from the Heart of God. Susan Davis is supposedly a prophet of God, and from what I have read in this book, she seems to be very legit. You should read this book for yourself. It's free and can be downloaded at endtimesprophecy.com. I will put the link in the description box for you. I'm going to read a chapter for you on the rapture of the church. It's chapter 7 in Susan's book. And let me say before I begin that I am in no way affiliated with Susan Davis and have no connections to her book. I just wanted to share this with you because God has given her a word that I feel you should hear. If you're not sure about whether to believe in what she says, don't immediately dismiss it. Pray to the Lord and ask if what she is saying is really coming from him. That being said, this is what chapter 7 has to say. Let us begin. These words are for whoever will receive them. Today I am going to talk about the coming rapture, the removal of the bride, my church. This moment arrives quickly. Many children are not ready. They fight me and cling to the world. They want to walk in the ways of the world. They rush to and fro and pay no heed to the warnings I am giving. Soon the warnings will be done and I must come and the bride will be removed. She will be taken out of the picture. Daniel 12 and 4 But you, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Her identity is unknown to the world. She is well hidden. I have her cloistered away in safekeeping. My light shines through her, the last remaining light on earth. Time is short, and soon its light will go out. My sent ones will leave to their heavenly home, safe from the tyranny on earth. This rapture event will be a large event, the removal of my ready, my ready children. No such event will ever be like it in human history. There will never be anything like it before or after. It is the greatest exodus of all time. My children will depart in a moment and receive new glorified bodies. These bodies will be resilient and eternal. They will follow after the pattern of the glorified body I possess. I am the first fruit of many others. These children will experience a life they have never known before, a glorious life, life everlasting. 1 Corinthians 15, 51-54 Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. There will be many wonderful things ahead for my raptured children. Let me give you a peek. When my children arrive, they will be greeted by their loved ones, family and friends already in the heavenlies. I will be looking on. This is a moment of great glory. What a gift to be reunited with family long missed. Then my children will be ushered to the great marriage supper of the Lamb. I will preside over this event. Revelation 19 and 9. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true things of God. The table will be lavishly prepared. Every accoutrement will be provided. The details of this event will be astounding. My children will be seated in front of a place setting with their name lettered in pure gold. Each place setting will have golden utensils embedded with jewels. There will be solid gold plates also studded with jewels. The tablecloth will be of pure silk spun with golden threads. Light will shine through the weave. The cups will be gold with jewels around the rim. 
Each place setting will have a gift especially for each child. The gift will be a precious reminder of my relationship with this child. It will be unique for each child. Each gift will have special meaning to each child of our long-lasting relationship. There will be many surprises at this event, my marriage supper. Matthew 22 and 2 The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. Each child will have an angel who waits on him. The food is prepared in my heavenly kitchen. Nothing will be amiss. All food items will be of heavenly proportion. Food from earth that is recognized and food from heaven never seen before. Beauty unspeakable will be this table setting. My table will be full of light, candles of light, beautiful menorahs. My children will wear robes of light. They will exude light as there will be no shadows. James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I will lead a toast to my bride. I will sing her praises as she is most beautiful to me. There will be dancing and music all around and making merry. The bride will see me in all my glory as I will be dazzling to the sight. My beauty will shine through and my love will flow out and overwhelm all attending. My father will be looking on in great delight as there will be much dancing and making merry. I will dance with my bride and we will be as one. My children will dance and make merry. All hearts will be glad. No one will be sad. This will be a great hour of glory and love. Doves will fill the air. They will fly in beautiful patterns. Information spelling out beautiful messages for my bride. She will be in awe. I will present my bride with a ring. Our names will be written on this ring. Flowers will be everywhere of all colors, new colors and old colors. Fragrance will fill the air, beautiful fragrances. My children will be lost in the ecstasy of it all. Luke 15:22. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. My angels will fill the skies with dancing, singing, and music-making. Heavenly instruments will play beautiful music. The stars will cry out celebrating the Lamb and his bride. Job 38, 6-7 Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, all the heavenly hosts will gather and sing praises over the Lamb's great nuptials. Everyone will sing praises to the King, his bride cometh. She has made herself ready. Let the joy begin. Revelation 19 and 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. The Lamb who takes away the sin of the world unites with his beloved in holy matrimony. Great is his name. Praises, praise his holy name among all the heavenlies, for he is betrothed to his beloved, and he has won her heart. John 1.29 The next day John sees Jesus coming unto him, and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. My children will also be shown their mansions, O daughter, the beauty, the splendor. Eye has not seen, or ear has not heard, what waits my glorious bride who loves me. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Daughter, these mansions will be more delightful than anything earth has to offer. Nothing can compare to the magnificence of what my bride has in store for her. These homes will suit the taste and interest of each child. No two mansions are alike. Each one is different from the other. John 14, 2-3 
In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. My children will be flabbergasted at what they will discover in each mansion. All have details that will delight and enthrall its owner. There is nothing on earth to describe the ornamentation and beauty of each of these incredible homes. All the interiors have unique surprises. These mansions are living. They take my children to and from wonderful places for my children to enjoy and experience. We will share in these adventures together. We will laugh and explore. The excitement will never end. There will be gardens and pleasures all throughout. Music will fill the air and lovely fragrances. Each home will be filled with love and laughter. Loneliness will never be a problem in heaven. I am always with my children, making merry and enjoying each other's company. Psalms 36 and 8 They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and you shall make them drink of the river of your pleasures. My love will surround their every move. Laughter, love, and joy are the rewards of these eternal homes. Joy unspeakable, everlasting delight. This is only a taste of the things to come. My children do not have any comprehension of what awaits them. There is no way to accurately paint a picture of what awaits with what exists on earth. Only witnessing it in person will give its true description. So my children, come and enjoy heavenly delights in the everlasting kingdom, with homes especially prepared with loving care for my bride. Psalm 16 and 11. You, shall, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This sounds like such a beautiful thing. And I don't know why anyone would want to miss it. So if any of you have heard this and you are not saved, you need to pray, get on your knees, and pray to God and ask Him for salvation. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Do not wait. Don't think that you have another 50 years or 100 years or whatever to wait and um, and get saved before you die because you never know when your time may be up. You don't know when um, you may pass from this earth. No, no life has a guaranteed tomorrow. So... Definitely do everything that you can to um, make sure that you are ready for the Lord when he comes because he's coming soon. And he's been telling everyone, everyone that he can possibly get his message to, he is telling. So prepare yourself. He's coming. Shalom, brethren, in the mighty name of Jesus. Today I come to you also mandated by the Lord, sent by the Holy Spirit to speak to the Bride of Christ for those this message and deep revelation is for those who are waiting for the rapture, is for those who are waiting for the coming of the Messiah, is for those who are burning in their heart for the church to prepare and enter into the wedding feast of the Lamb. So I would like your maximum attention and 
care on handling this message because it is about eternity of the church. Last night, after uh, during the prayers of intercession, the Lord spoke uh, to me that the bride of Christ should proclaim a global fast to prepare for the wedding feast of the Lamb and overthrow the devil who is planning to disrupt the marriage of the Lamb of God. Brethren, pay attention to this because the Lord revealed to me that in the Garden of Eden the devil claimed victory by making man fall into sin. And on the cross the devil wanted to claim victory but he was knocked surprisingly by the Lord Jesus Christ and that victory it is what brought salvation to us the victory of the cross it was, is what makes us to become Christians it is the victory and the blow of the cross and this according to Colossians chapter 2 verses 15 to 16 it says that he made a public spectacle against all principality and powers on the cross. He overcame them on the cross. So it is the victory of the cross today that we are going to celebrate in the day of the marriage of the wedding of the Lamb. But you know the Lord showed me last night that you know now the devil is waiting for this occasion which is the third occasion you know for him to disrupt. He wants the church to go incomplete. He wants the church to be amputated and disturbed and completely and um, clean when the rapture will take place so that this church will not go and that only few people will go uh, through the rapture and that is the objective of the devil and the Lord instructed us to raise up three main prayer points and, and I'm going to give you what kind of subject we will be praying the fasting will start from the 1st of May up to 31st of May a month of fasting the objective of this fasting it is to uh, prepare the bride, a call on the Father in heaven to deeply and remorsefully touch the church which is not prepared and heal her backsliding and deliver her from destruction, from deception, from apostasy, from the love of self from the love of money, from the love of pleasure, from the love idolatry, from, from, from uh, uh, disobedience and rebellion. And two days ago or three, I saw a mighty vision where I saw the marriage of the Lamb of God. In that vision, in that mighty vision of the night, I saw a ceremony. It looked like a conference, a church conference, where the prophet of the Lord was, Dr. O.R., and there was condecoration and uh, the first man was called and his clothes were removed and they, he put up on him new clothes, white clothes and I could see the scene unfolding before me and after that he called on five bishops and they put their fingers uh, you know behind you know like each finger symbolizes one star each finger of the bishop you know, there were five bishops and the prophet put his sixth finger behind. You know, there were six stars and this man was condecorated with six stars, meaning that he conquered the world, he conquered every battle in this world and now he was unleashed into the wedding feast of the Lamb. And when the second person, 
you know, the second uh, soldier was called, you know, this soldier was dressed in white, but he had a cigarette. You know, it like the packet of the cigarette was inside the white cloth, and it it would appear inside. And so, you know, then I knew within myself that this one was not going to marry, because you know, though the person was dressed in white, he had a cigarette packet. You see, which symbolizes impurity, which symbolizes evil, sin. You see, which symbolizes unrighteousness. And so, in this fasting that is going to start from the 1st of May to 31st of May 2013, the Lord is calling on all those who have the heart of God to fast, on all those who want the bride to be delivered, on all those who want Christians you know, to go through the rapture, on all those who want the church to be ready and that the Lord Jesus will have victory, on all those who do not want to see the Lord Jesus to be humiliated in the day of the wedding of the Lamb. On all those who are fighting and interceding to see that the church be ready, pastors come out of destruction, that pastors should repent remorsefully, that there be a revival of repentance, that there be a revival of holiness. If indeed you love the Lord and you love that many of our brethren be there in the day of the wedding feast of the Lamb, so this is the time for you to intercede. This is the time for you to arise. Arise, for the time has come. Look even at the verses that the Lord has just given. You will understand that this is very important. So the first subject, the Lord said, call upon the divine mystery of repentance of the church. You see, we're going to call upon the divine mystery you know, of repentance to fall upon the church and prepare her for the wedding um, uh, supper of the Lamb of God. The second subject, it is launch global warfare against the project of the devil to disrupt the marriage of the Lamb of God. So the devil is preparing to disrupt the marriage of the Lamb of God. How can he do that? By making many fall into sin and few be raptured. By making many uh, to be distracted to love the world and therefore be left behind into the great tribulation. So, because this is a very important event that is going to take place very soon. So, brethren, uh, it could be that the rapture can happen during the course of our fasting. You never know. Nobody knows the day or the hour. So, but the Lord is calling on all those who have the heart for intercession to arise in this fasting. The third subject, it is deep intercession for the Father to unleash divine unbroken revival of holiness and purity to the church. So that's the third subject. So I'm going to repeat. The first subject is called upon divine mystery of repentance to fall upon the church and prepare her for the marriage supper of the Lamb of God. The second subject is launch global warfare against the project of the devil to disrupt the marriage uh, of the Lamb of God. So the devil is planning to disrupt that marriage, but this time he will be knocked by a powerful surprise, divine powerful revival that cannot be broken. Even the demons will be surprised that they will do every kind of incantation, but they won't be able to disrupt this revival. So the, 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 the third subject, which is very, very important, it is deep intercession to the Father to unleash a divine revival of holiness and purity. So the verses are here. Uh, first Joel, uh, Joel, sorry, Joel chapter 1 verse 14, 
and 15 which says sanctify you a fast and call a solemn assembly gather the elders and all inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry unto the Lord uh, Allah for the day for the day of the Lord is at hand and as a destruction comes the Almighty so the, the Lord has spoken to me that he is coming as a surprise as a, as, as a surprise and so therefore we should all stand and support uh, this program the second verse it is Second uh, Chronicles chapter 29 verse 5 uh, and said unto them hear me O you Levites sanctify yours now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place so the Lord is saying we should remove every filthiness out of the holy place remove every dirty that the church is going through out of the holy place we should pray and fast very seriously to remove every impurity the love of money the love of the world the, the pleasures of this life that uh, all Christians are going through in destruction through this prayer the second verse is Joel uh, chapter 2 verse 15 to 17 uh, which the Lord is calling for us to use and therefore brethren this is what the Lord is saying we should pray and really fast for the church to appear before the Lord the church is about to appear before the Lord and we should pray I want to emphasize on the book of the second Chronicles 29 verse 5 you see I read it again and said unto them hear you you Levite you that is a Levite the Lord is calling you sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your father so we should sanctify ourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God our Father and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place all sexual impurity all idolatry all self-worship all witchcraft all love of money the message of prosperity all deception that is in the church it is we that are going to enter this fasting that will remove it out of the holy place so this is the main verse for this fasting so I count on your participation even by distance as you follow the fasting is from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. so those who want to drink water they can drink but uh, uh, we are taking it on a dry fast during the whole day from 6 to 6 p.m. and uh, we are taking it very serious and may the Lord bless you as you do that Shalom are you serious We've got some breaking information we want to share with you. Absolutely, some breaking information I want to share with you guys. And uh, great, great to see everybody. And uh, we actually have some information. We're uh, and this is we're traveling down the road. I'm not driving, so don't worry. Uh, and this is uh, Stephen Bendenun. Stephen Bendenun actually has a report of Russia. There's reports that Vladimir Putin is preparing for World War III against the United States coalition, and he wants the battlefield to be Syria. Now, you guys know I did a video yesterday about a U.S.-led coalition attack on Syria, a Syrian base, one of President Assad's bases, and uh, wow, are you serious? Putin has responded, or at least these are the reports. And so let me just, right now, we're going to, uh, for about two minutes, I want you to hear Messianic Rabbi Stephen Ben-Danun, 
as he gives this update, this report, uh, he's in the Czech Republic, and he has this report uh, because he gets a lot of the more localized Russian news. Here it is. This is Stephen Bendenun on this report, and uh, let's listen. This particular article here came out of, uh, a few days ago, maybe actually about a week ago. Our brother sent this to me, uh, shared this with me in our email there. We just caught the email, but this is uh, on USA Politics Today. Uh, it says that Putin tells Army to prepare for World War III with U.S. in Syria. Um, the, it was posted by U.S. Politics Today on December the 4th in 2015. It says Russian President Vladimir Putin has ordered Russian military forces to prepare for World War III. After warning Minister uh, of Defense Sergei uh, Soigu, prepare for Syria to become the central battleground between NATO, Western allied country, Not countries, good. and Russia. Uh, it goes on to say, according to the report by the, uh, by the uh, Ministry of Defense, Putin's order was given following assurances from Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that Israel would not interfere in a Russian-U.S. war in the Middle East. Of course, since this article has came out, there's been a lot of heightened tensions uh, there in Syria already. Uh, we can certainly see that, that a battle definitely seems to be imminent, uh, uh, to say the very least there. And So, uh, Stephen Benin, yes, there is a show today. I'm doing television today, but Heidi will be uh, hosting the show today. Uh, I want to say God bless all of you that are out there. Thank God for Periscope. Many of you are, if you're watching this on YouTube, this, uh, there are, you can follow us. This is a live breaking news information that we do on Periscope. And we'll do Periscopes before we will air it on YouTube. So if you want to be a follower on Periscope, anytime I do a breaking news story, uh, and I could be anywhere, in the car, walking the dog, or just anywhere, uh, we will just go live instantly on Periscope. If you're following us on Periscope, it will alert your phone, as many people are right now with us right now. And I love all the hearts, guys. Thank you for the hearts. There are folks listening all over the world. Now, basically what we're hearing is this. Uh, he, Stephen Benenun said he received this email a week ago that Putin was telling his military uh, that they better prepare, get things prepared for World War III, for a war, basically, to be fought in Syria, and that Syria would be the battlefield, and that Russia would fight against the United States Allied forces. And there goes a deer running across the road in front of us, but it, there it goes. Uh, usually where there's one, there's two deer, so hang on a second. And... Uh, they just come out of the cornfields of Indiana at any time, uh, as we're on our way to the television station. Uh, but anyway, so Putin is saying, get ready. Now, that was a week ago. Now, you'll notice yesterday I did a breaking news information. The United States-led uh, coalition did a military attack on a, a uh, President Assad of Syria his military base just outside of Damascus, killing three, wounding 13, and destroying quite a few of Syria's warplanes, blowing up his air force, not the whole air force, but blowing up some of it. And that is 
after Putin had already sent word to get his guys ready for World War III. So this could have been a provocative move by President Obama to say to Putin, look, uh, you sure you want a war with us? I mean, we don't know what goes on in the conversations uh, on the hot red phone between the White House and the Kremlin, but certainly I could tell you and I really have to say this. President Obama really looked ill Sunday night. I, I don't know what was wrong. He really did not look like he was well. He looked ill. So he needs prayer uh, because maybe the whole weight of the, of the Middle East situation is bearing down on him. You know, I don't know. But uh, I'm certainly the job of President of the United States is enough to bear down on you. And, and one thing's for sure. You know, he seems to be on the wrong side of history so much now, especially when it relates to Israel. So anyway, I'm just pointing that out, that Obama, that Putin had already made these statements that Stephen Ben Nunes talking about a week ago, and then Obama led a coalition strike on Assad, not on ISIS, on Assad's Air Force. And your major, mainstream media has not even covered it. I don't even know if they've even made a ticker. I haven't even seen a ticker running underneath one of the three major news networks. They are not touching this because Obama and the United States are saying we didn't do it. But everybody on the ground knows we did. So we'll keep a close eye on what's going on. Great to see everybody from all over the world here at Periscope. Folks are here from everywhere. It looks like Nevada's here, Sparks, Nevada. Uh, let's see where everybody's from real quick here. Uh, just uh, folks from everywhere, Turkey, somebody here from Turkey, Africa, Canada, uh, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Minnesota, Canada, Missouri, Indiana, Texas, Australia, New, Zer New Jersey, Florida, Mississippi, Texas, Holland's here, just all over the world, Germany's here, all over the world, Seattle, San Diego, South Africa, Australia, New Mexico, so just, if you want to join our Periscope uh, just go to the uh, Periscope and download it on your phone, and you can be a part of it anytime. Uh, and we'll keep you up to speed with what's going on. God bless all of you, and we'll talk at you later. And uh, keep your phone on. Breaking news here on Periscope and YouTube. Are you serious? God bless you. I want to be talking today about the, about the rapture, how the rapture is going to happen before the Great Tribulation, and uh, because that's where Jesus Christ died. Our judgment was fall on Jesus in the day when He died on the cross. So. Whoever is, is, is preaching today that the, the church is going to go through the Great Tribulation, uh, believe me, I think it uh, has been deceived. And they go on deceiving many. One of the signs of the, of the end times is that false prophets, false teachers, they're going to increase, they're going to go around talking, uh, uh, deceiving even the elect, even uh, those are supposed to be saved, 
Okay, and then, then uh, we'll see that the rapture is about to happen. When people see and say things that destruction is coming to the planet, let them come. Before that happens, the church is going to be raised up to heaven. And then the Bible says that everyone who accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior is going to be raptured up to heaven in a twinkling of an eye. And we're going to meet Jesus in a cloud. And the rest of the world, they will not see Jesus. They will not know what, what happened. They, they're going to go out wondering what happened. They're not going to know. They're not going to see Jesus. Only those that have Jesus are going to be raptured up. And we're going to meet him in the clouds. After that, then all hell is going to break loose here on earth. Huh? The great tribulation is going to start. Destruction all over. Uh, right now they say that meteorites, uh, you know, there's been an increase of meteorites coming past by the earth. And some, they are falling as, as little ones on the planet right now. Why is that increase? Because maybe something is coming. We, the Bible said, uh, in uh, Revelation chapter 6, uh, that the meteorite is going to fall. Then they're going to see something else, uh, because they're gonna, they say that they're going to try to hide underneath the bridges and everyone, the rich and the poor, and to hide up from the wrath that is happening. I don't think the church is going to be here. So, there's a lot of false pastors, false preachers, even English and Spanish. They, are, they don't know how to interpret the Bible. They don't know when grace started. Grace started with the, the book of Acts. The book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit come down, and uh, there the church started. To be exactly, the grace started when Jesus Christ died on the cross. And the thief on the right hand, he is the one that saved by faith. He was saved by grace, because he believed in Jesus. Even Jesus told him, today you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus died first, then the thief. So you see a lot of people, they are... Uh, they misinterpret in chapter 24, and Matthew chapter 24. They apply this book to the church. Uh-uh, this is for the Jews. Jesus Christ is still trying to fulfill and fulfill the law. So grace has not started yet. So chapter 24 is for the Jews. How are they going to suffer in those seven years, the great tribulations. He's talking to them, not to the church. The church is started in the book of Acts. I don't know how a lot of people, you know, English-speaking people that, that they know, I think that they have no excuse. Some other people that maybe don't know, don't study, they have no excuse. But they say that the white people, oh, everybody study, okay. Why don't you write interpret the Bible and to study the dispensation of, 
of the of the Bible. How there are different times in the, in the Bible for different kinds of people. So chapter twenty four is Jesus Christ warning the Jews how they are going to suffer in those seven years of great tribulation. Not the church. The church, the Bible says, is going to be rescued before destruction started. It's going to be taken up to heaven. In the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. The Bible says a lot of people don't believe us. In a lot of churches, a lot of preachers, I don't know if the government gives them money so they don't talk about it. So there's a lot of apologetics they're supposed to be speaking against this uh, uh, chapter 24 that is not for the church, it's for the Jews. Huh? But I, what I hear is just uh, one or two speaking. But where's the rest? There, there's a lot of people right now that have been so loud just for a few bucks. They're doing just like this. So how they, he sold his, uh, his uh, blessing just for a, for a plate of soup, soup of plate. Huh. That's what is happening right now. We are in the church of Laodicea. How for money you can, you can sell <laughs> even your own family. Believe me. If you know the Bible, if you don't preach and, and speak the, the truth to the churches, God is going to demand it from you too. Huh? When you're left behind, He's going to... So you see, we, we pastors, they need, need to be speaking the truth. You know, to telling the people that the rapture is about to happen. When they say that destruction is coming, okay, the rapture is going to happen before that. The Christians are not going to see destruction. Huh? You see, chapter 6 is about to start with these ISIS. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the rapture is about to happen. There is no time to lose. You need to come to Jesus. The chapter 24, I think that you're going to be... Uh, every, the church is suffering persecution even, even, even since Jesus. So why are you talking that the church is going to go through persecution? We have tribulations every day. The, the Bible says that everyone who wanted to live by, righteously is going to suffer persecution. That's what the Bible is talking about. When he talks about persecution for Christians... But he's not talking for the great tribulation those seven years. Even uh, some people say that the devil is, is, is uh, putting uh, together a, a false rapture so he still can deceive those that were left behind. Because they're not going to see what, what happened. The millions of Christians are going to be raptured up to heaven. The people left behind, they're not going to know. So maybe the government is, is, uh, is going to say that it's a false rapture. Trump, or in order for, he want uh, the people that are left behind to receive 
the new world order system that the government is going to set up in place. So, if you don't believe in the rapture, you're going to be left behind. Because if you know the truth and you know speak the truth, you're the same like everybody else. So you see, we the Christian, the judgment that's supposed to follow, not to follow Jesus. So you see, we the church, we are not, listen to me very careful, we are not going to see destruction. We are not going to see destruction. In uh, Revelation chapter 4, that's when the rapture happens. When Jesus Christ calls Yom and they come up here, that is when the church is going to be up to heaven. Then they're going to show up all the four horses, huh? killing a lot of people. Not just one, but four. Four, four, four horses. Huh? Then immediately destruction. All over the planet. I don't know what they're going to see. Something is coming to the planet. And, and the governments are not telling the people. But I'm telling you what I know in the Bible. What is that in chapter 6? You read it. Go ahead and read it. You don't need to see the news to understand. Chapter 6. That's it. Uh, chapter 8, that's when the meteorites fall down and hit the earth. Then destruction huh, is going to fall. So you see, my advice to you is to come to Jesus. The Bible says that without repentance, there's no forgiveness of sin. Without the chilling of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. You come to Jesus and repent because all his blood, he shed all his blood for the church, for you and me. But in order for you to be saved, you need to receive what he did on the cross. You need to receive the gift of eternal life. If you don't receive it, okay, it's up to you. Huh? Come to Jesus. Repent and be, be saved. The Bible says that we're going to be rescued up from all the wrath that is coming. You, you read in Thessalonians chapter 1, 10, you read chapter that verse. How the church is going to be rescued up and taken up. And we're going to meet Jesus in the cloud. We're going to stay there for seven years. After the seven years, at the end of the great tribulations, the Bible says that Jesus is coming with all his saints. Who are his saints? We, the church. And what a lot of people saying, who, whatever it goes up, must come down. Okay, that means if we're coming down with Jesus, that means we, ne we went up seven years before. And we come back with Jesus to reign with Jesus for a thousand years. And all those uh, martyrs that are going to die in the great tribulations, that are going to be beheaded for Jesus Christ, I think those, those are the 144,000 uh, Jews 
that are going to be beheaded. They and the church are going, we are going to reign for a thousand years. Then we are going to reign in a universe. Oh, what a blessed hope. Titus says, a blessed hope for a Christian. I hope you read the Bible and try to understand it. That the rapture is about to happen. The rapture of the church, of the believer in Jesus Christ. Not a believer in the other religions. If they don't have Jesus, they are not saved. Only the Christian church preach religion, not even Catholics. Huh? So that's why whatever religion that you are, you need to get out of Get out and come to Jesus. That's the only way to be saved. He died for us. He paid for us. So, my Lord to you is that you come to Jesus Christ. And be saved. And I'm going to see you up in heaven. I'm going to see you in the clouds. I'm going to be rejoicing. You're watching this message. Just do it. Don't hesitate. Hmm? Don't think twice. I think there's no time. I think the rapture is about to happen. God bless you. And praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is Minister Paul. I'm a watchman on the wall for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's um, Tuesday, December 8th at 10.43 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm a watchman on the wall. I would ask that you would uh, just listen to what I have to say here. It won't take much of your time at all. The most terrifying event that could ever happen in this world is imminent. And it's not what you think. God is going to remove His mercy and grace from this world. Allow me, allow me to explain. And when I say God, I'm, I'm talking Jesus Christ. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in every video I make. He's the only one risen. You cannot put any God before him. I come to you in the name of the anointed Messiah, Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him, in him alone. I'm 51 years old. At the age of 15, I experienced something I did not deserve at all. And it was God's mercy and grace. I was in a church, had a totally messed up life. I think I was a freshman in high school. And all of a sudden, while praying, this feeling came over me and I felt cleansed. Just like it's doing right now. I felt cleansed. I felt protected. I felt comforted. I felt loved. I felt forgiven. 
That was decades ago. More recently, in the month of November, which just absolutely flew by, November 2015 is gone. Well, it, well in the, actually it was the month of October. I arrived back November 1st. That's how fast time is going. In the month of October, it was Halloween night. I was in North Carolina. I went to go evangelize the area of Fort Bragg. And after uh, visiting Charlotte and Fort Bragg, I drove all the way down to the coast. As far as you can drive on the GPS. I forgot the name of the beach and it's not even important, but I sat there on the east coast of the United States on the beach praying facing the ocean. Couldn't be farther from my house. I don't know how many miles it was. And while I was just obeying what God told me to do. And while driving back, it was an uphill, I don't know if it was a hill or a mountain, but coming back was almost entirely uphill, especially at the beginning. And um, if, if people are familiar with that area, they know what I'm talking about. I was listening to this worship song in my uh, in, in this rental car I'm in. And all of a sudden, that same exact presence from ninth grade just ushered in and consumed the whole entire car. And as I was driving, I didn't know whether I could I should weep or 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 laugh. I felt again. I felt loved. I felt protected. I felt comforted. I felt forgiven. Thousands of miles away from my home here, in a car. And that was God's mercy and grace. It was the presence of Jesus Christ with me in my car. Fast forward to today, to today, December 8th. While in prayer, I began to pray. I, I posted on Facebook that I was going to go into my prayer room and pray. And did anybody need prayer? And within five minutes, within five minutes, there must have been 20 prayer requests. And I looked at the page in amazement like, God, look at this need of the people in the world. And that's just five minutes on a small Facebook page. Imagine the whole world. People began to pour out these needs they have that only God can answer. And so I told them I'm going to go into prayer. And so I began to pray. This was uh, approximately one hour ago. At about 9.48 a.m. Pacific time. I began to open my mouth. And first of all like repent. I began to repent of my sins. As I always begin all of my prayers. To cleanse me of my sin. I began to uh, uh, look. There's pictures on my wall. Uh, my, my family. Uh, my wife. My nephews. My son. My granddaughter. And I began to pray for them. This is how I do all my prayers. And, and, uh, and then I, and I began to remember all the other prayer requests. And before I could even open my mouth and say one single word. That same exact feeling just fell over me. It just literally rained over me. Suddenly I felt cleansed. 
I felt protected. I felt provided for. I felt loved. I felt forgiven. And it was a spiritual thing. I felt the presence of Jesus Christ saying, I got you. Before you even say a word, I know what you're going to say. Just, just let me, just let me love you. Just let me, let me love you. I got this. I see it. I got this. And what I felt was God's mercy and grace, the same exact mercy and grace from the East Coast of North Carolina, the same exact mercy and grace from when I was ninth grade, the same exact mercy and grace that has me come on here every day and make a video. I'm taking today another video. The same exact grace that, that, that's sending me up to Oregon to go have an altar call. And as I was beginning to pray and beginning to pray, you know, the, the, that strong, overwhelming presence went away. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, people say the most terrifying event is this, a suitcase nuke in New York, or, or it's that, an earthquake in California. And he said, I'm going to tell you something, Paul. He spoke to me. He said, the most terrifying terror, the, the true uh, face of terror, the most terrifying event that, that's ever going to happen is what you just felt. That's my mercy and that's my grace and you didn't deserve it and you can't buy it. I freely give it to you as my child. I will remove it from this earth. And then I had this vision. I have had a multiple repeating vision this entire year. And especially in the last two weeks. It's, it's a reoccurring vision. And it's always the same thing. And it happened again in prayer today. And it's people. And I can see them. And they're running. They're wearing winter clothing. And they're running. And they're in fear. And the Lord spoke to me this time. And he, and he said, there, there's nowhere to run. God had removed his mercy and removed his grace. That feeling of protection that feeling of love, that feeling that it's going to be okay. Was God. And God said, this is what this is what people need to be aware of right now, this day, is that I will remove my mercy and get grace and protection from the world. And there's nothing more terrifying than that. Because there's nowhere to run and there's nowhere to hide and there's no mercy and there's no grace and there's no protection for me. And he said, I want you to come on here and I want you to explain this to them in a fashion they'll understand. That's why the people are running. It was terror. And so I, 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 I want to be obedient to God and, and tell you this today. There's only one God. There's only is there's only one way to God. And you have to submit. Make Jesus Christ your personal Savior. He must be Lord and Savior of your life. If there's anything else in your life that is before God, you are living in idolatry or adultery. These things will keep you from the presence of God and keep you from the kingdom of God. The Bible lists what they are. And you need to be born again. 
And God wanted me to tell you this today. There is coming a time to some of the people listening to this video right now where no amount of money you have will be able to protect you. That there, there's coming a point in time to where you will have given every single dime you have. Money will no longer matter to you. And every single moment of being too busy to listening to people telling you about Jesus, you will, you will have given every single entire moment of your life to hear them one more time say repent. So you could. Every single dime you had and every single minute you had, you would give to be able to repent. And it will be too late. Because this mercy and grace and love and protection and forgiveness that I'm, I'm experiencing and have been felt my whole entire life. You're going to either, there's one of two things and there's no in between. You're either going to feel that forever, eternally, or you're going to not feel it. You're going to be without it. You're going to be without mercy. You're going to be without grace. You're going to live in terror. You're going to be without protection forever, eternally. And God is saying, today there's many people watching this. It's time that you make a choice. No more playing games. Repent. Because I will remove my mercy and grace from this earth. And you will have missed it. You've been given a great opportunity today to have mercy and grace in your life eternally. And it's time for you to make a choice. That's the most terrifying event is that some people will choose to ignore this. I'm Stephen Benoon. You're watching Israeli News Live. There's some very serious news here. Uh, this is actually, this particular article here came out of, uh, a few days ago, maybe actually about a week ago. A brother sent this to me, uh, shared this with me in our email there. We just caught the email. But this is uh, on USA Politics Today. Uh, says that Putin tells army to prepare for World War III with U.S. in Syria. Um, the... It was posted by U.S. Politics Today on December the 4th in 2015. It says Russian President Vladimir Putin has ordered Russian military forces to prepare for World War III. After warning Minister uh, of Defense Sergei uh, Soigu to prepare for Syria to become the central battleground between NATO, Western Allied country, countries, and Russia. Uh, it goes on to say, according to the report by the, uh, by the uh, Ministry of Defense, Putin's order was given following assurances from Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that Israel would not interfere in a Russian-U.S. war in the Middle East. Of course, 
since this article has came out, there's been a lot of heightened tensions uh, there in Syria already. Uh, we can certainly see that that a battle definitely seems to be imminent, uh, uh, to say the very least there. And uh, the, the rhetoric that is going all over uh, the world from both sides, the United States as well as uh, Russia, is certainly, to say the least, uh, very provocative on both sides there. President uh, Putin has warned uh, the Swedish uh, people not to interfere and to get involved with the NATO war and let them know straight up if they did there would be military consequences.